Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, and I am the dream business coach. Welcome to another great interview. I'm going to be interviewing Tim Bornholt. He is a, uh, an entrepreneur and software developer, and he's got a lot of things going on. I want to make sure that if you've been listening to this show for si over six years now, Make sure that we're also connected via uh, getjimpalmer.com and www.dreambizcoaching.com. Of course, I have my free Facebook group and find me pretty much all over social media. But uh, that's enough about me. Let's get right to my special guest. Tim Bornholt is an entrepreneur, a software developer, a videographer. I can't wait to ask him about that. And the founder of the, of the Jed Mahonis group. I got to ask him about that too. That's two questions in, in the queue. At the Jed Bahonis Group, Tim specializes in helping businesses to strategize, design, develop, and deploy custom iOS and Android mobile application systems that bring their products and services right to their customers' front door. Past applications include the Great Clips app, which allows salon customers to check into the salon, walk in, and sit down. I have actually used that. Only because now that I travel, I, 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 I used to go to the guy for like 25 years. And then when we moved on the boat, I've got to find the closest thing to the boat, which is usually a great clips. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. I have a cold today and the cold medicine is I'm quickly, easily distracted. Let me get right back on here. So anyway, um, uh, quickly, which is a, pl a platform that lets dental offices find and hire qualified dentists, hygienists and assistants and green mill, which allows customers of the legendary Minnesota pizza chain to browse menus and place orders for delivery amongst others. Tim got his start in web development in the first grade and soon built the internet's most popular Ralph Wiggum fan page, <laughs> the now defunct That's Unpossible. While well, he founded the Jed Mahonis Group immediately after graduating college in, in 2010, Tim is also a videographer who has seen his work featured on Fox Business Channel, CNBC, and Bloomberg International. And he's a podcaster with Olympian Carrie Tollefson on her CTOL run podcast and his own show, Constant Variables. I, I apologize for not getting through your introduction the whole way, Tim. My mind is a mush right now. How are you doing? <laughs> it's too long of an intro anyway. <laughs> she would have led down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I'm taking a little bit of medicine so I can breathe and, and talk, but it messes with your head like my head is like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> most people are going, Jim, we can't even tell because you're like that all the time. So the first thing is um, I like to always find out if you're a first-generation entrepreneur were you inspired by your your dad or grandpa or mom or grandmother or, or are you are you kind of the are you kind of forging your own path? I'm I'm pretty much forging my own path. You know, my uh, my dad just retired um, a few months ago. He worked for Seagate, their um, hard drive manufacturing company, uh, and he worked there for almost 40 years. And then my mom was a teacher for a long time, and she retired uh, several years ago too. So. Um, uh, and and all around uh, on on both sides of my family, everyone's kind of just had a regular jobby job. Uh, so I've been uh, kind of placing my own path, I guess, uh, in in this entrepreneurial journey of mine. 
when you went to school, it says you graduated in 2010, um, what, what kind of a degree did you get? Well, I, I started going down the path of computer engineering, and mm -hmm. I quickly discovered that physics was not for me, <laughs> and, and, and my grades reflected that uh, okay. knowledge. So I ended up majoring in journalism and uh, minored in computer science. So is that where you started learning about, you know, how to actually create apps, or is that, was that, that boring college stuff, and then you just got, got you, you dove in and figured it out? It was really, uh, as soon as the iPhone first came out and, and they, before the app store even existed, people were hacking their phones and trying to find ways to build apps. And I was really uh, interested in that community. So when, when I found out that you could actually hack your phone and make your own apps, I jumped on on that as fast as I could. And, and I, you know, I never made anything um, all that exciting. It was just some small apps for myself. But then my, my best friend from high school uh, was getting a degree in business. And he's like, you know, this app thing is really taking off. Why, why don't we start a company where I do all the, the business side of stuff, the sales and marketing, and, and you do all the tech side of things, building the apps, and we'll, we'll just see where that goes. And seven years later, here we are. Is his name Jed Mahonis? <laughs> his name's Rob Bentley. <laughs> so what's with the Jed Mahonis? So, so we went to high school together um, and we both did the TV announcements. And when we were on the announcements, we decided this was the era of Anchorman. Uh, the movie had just, just come out with Will Ferrell. So we all needed to have clever anchor names. And so Rob uh, had a pen name that he used for his whole life, uh, Scott Mahonis. And so I came up with one, Jed Harrison. And we took, when we started the company, we just took the two weirdest parts of our fake names and combined them together. And that's Jed Mahonis. That is so cool. I love a good story like that. I mean, it's kind of like... Um... <laughs> <laughs> how Leonard Skinner got their name wasn't the oh, only yeah. teacher or something like that. Um, so I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have used the Great Clips app. Um, when we lived in Pennsylvania, I went to the same guy for 22 years. And then when we travel, I got to, you know, once in a while, get a haircut. <laughs> and yeah. Great Clips are, are, you know, all over the place. And, you know, you just sign in and you walk in. So you, you actually had a hand in developing that. Yep, we built the the front end to that entire. There's the it's a pretty complex system as you'd imagine with with having nationwide presence and stuff. But yeah, that all the front end side of things. That's that was that was my company. That is so cool. Um, and quickly now, is that tell me about that application because you use that in dental offices and. Yeah. So, so if you think of like, you know, apps like Uber, they, they call them, we call them the on-demand type of apps where um, you, have, you have a company Uber that's, that has a, a fleet of drivers out there and then of a bunch of customers. And then the, the app pairs the two together um, on the back end. And so that, that concept, that on-demand concept is something that we've been playing with on our side. And we were approached by a couple of entrepreneurs that wanted to do a similar type of thing, but in the, the dental staffing space. Cause you know, before these guys came along, the way that most dental staff staffing worked was uh, if, if an office needed a hygienist for the day, somebody would actually call, you know, 50 different hygienists and uh, get somebody booked. And then they would have to go in, the hygienist would work, and then they would actually write down on a piece of paper the hours that they worked, and then they'd mail in that slip. And then several weeks later, they'd get cut a check. And so these guys identified right away, like there's probably five problems right there with technology that that, that technology could solve. Um, so what the, the way the app works is they have a bunch of pre-selected hygienists and, and dental assistants that um, an office can go on and say, I need a hygienist. And then the app will go through and find people that match whatever criteria that the offices have. And it sends them push notifications and then they can get hired right in right there on the spot. And then uh, they go in and clock in through the app and clock out. And then uh, just a few days later, they get, they get paid for it. That's very cool. Um, so the other thing I was really curious about, Tim, was um, being a videographer. Now, are you a guy, are you producing your own videos? Do you produce videos for other people? 
Yeah. I, so when I went down the journalism path, um, the whole point of that was I, I wanted to work in a TV station. I actually uh, interned at the, the w, uh, it was a, a CBS affiliate here in Minneapolis. And um, I was all set to go work at a station up north in Duluth, Minnesota, uh, doing just commercial production. So I, I had kind of a freelance business going before I really got the Jed Mahonis group going. Um, so I, I ended up working with, I had a, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a couple of contacts that I knew that um, did a lot of sports related videos for the twins and the Minnesota wild. And um, so I would go around and help him out. And, and we ended up making videos for all kinds of different applications for, um, for Pepsi, for Unilever, for uh, just different groups that needed different commercials done. So um, I, I did that. And then the, the C Tally run podcast that you mentioned in the intro as well, um, that was originally a YouTube series that we started. And so we had a, a weekly uh, video that we do about running and fitness. And I, I shot and edited everything myself. Do you have, um, did you do that on, on, by any chance on iPhone or did you have like a $3,000 or more expensive <laughs> camera? Well, <laughs> well, when we started, um, we, we were originally intending to shoot, and try to pitch this to, you know, Fox Sports North or some kind of, uh, of actual TV. So we thought, you know, we need to do it right. And we bought a, a nicer camera. It was back before, um, before really the, the big HD uh, craze got really fired up. Um, but yeah, then we, as the show evolved, we got better and better cameras. And so we were actually shooting with, with some decent equipment. Um, and and I, I actually had a really fun time learning because it was all, you know, kind of trial by fire. Um, just like running a business can be sometimes, uh, you know, I, I said, I, just googled and said this was the best camera and so i we bought it and then i sat and learned how to use it and um it just, it just kind of worked out that way it's so cool so um well first of all tell me talk to me about um your thoughts on video i started doing video in 2009 for my for my own businesses that's when the um i think kodak had this thing called a flip camera mm -hmm. and, and suddenly for like 99 or 120 dollars something in that price range everybody could start shooting videos and and um I remember that I had a couple entrepreneurial buddies. And we all got started. Hey, this is our new weekly video show. And about six months later, I was the only one still doing a weekly show because <laughs> it is a little bit of work. Oh um, yeah. And I, I, after, after about five and a half years, I stopped doing the weekly produced videos, which you upload and stuff. And now I pretty much do Facebook lives and things like that. But what do you tell people, especially entrepreneurs who, who are resistant to putting together videos for, for whatever reason? Well, I guess uh, it's, it's kind of like with, with the app side of things too. Um, I really think that uh, when you start a business and you have all these tools at your disposal, I mean, you can market yourself in so many different ways. <clears throat> um, you can be, uh, you, you can use video, you can use Facebook ads, you can use apps, you can use website, you know, there's so many different options. And I think it's, uh, it, it all comes back to the old adage, you got to use the right tool for the right job. Um, but I think, you know, things like, like podcasting and videos, it's like the, the last uh, just watching over the last 10 years of how the internet has enabled, um, just like you said, being able to go and buy a hundred dollar camera or, or even better. Now you, everyone has a, a, a 4k camera in their pocket <laughs> like with their phones. So anyone can go and shoot something. Uh, and at the end of the day, now it just comes down to, if you're interested in using, um, video, uh, as your, as your tool for marketing yourself, um, 
it really comes down to like honing your message, um, making sure that what you're saying is going to grab people's attention right away. And, and uh, I, I think it can be a very useful medium. I've seen a lot of, you've seen them too on YouTube. There's just so many successful people that have been able to make a, a really nice, uh, decent wage of, of living um, just by posting videos every once in a while about some topic that they're really interested in. It's crazy how many people are, are interested in the same things that you are. Yeah, so let's let's switch to the app side of things, which is how you and I got introduced. So talk to me about the apps you're making. Or like, who's your client? Uh, small business owners. You obviously do big things for like Great Clips and other big companies. Where what do you like working on, and where's most of your business right now? You know, I really like, you know, the, the, the Quickly app that I gave as an example. Uh, I really like that where there's a couple of entrepreneurs that have an idea and they have the business model figured out. <clears throat> And excuse me, I've been clearing my throat like crazy. <laughs> um, they, uh, um, you know, I, I really like working with people that have kind of the business side and know that the app is the right tool for delivering value to whoever their their end customer is. Um, so it's a lot of entrepreneurs and, and a lot of actually uh, business owners that have uh, a, a process. A lot of times it's not even tools or apps that that are public facing that, that their customers end up using. A lot of the fun projects that we're working on now are ones where it's a tool that a business can use to, they have a process or something that right now takes them, you know, two or three days to get something done. And we can turn that process into a couple of hours by using some technology and, and some mobile apps to, uh, to to enable them to get things done faster. So um, those are really the two types of apps that we're really into building right now. That's cool. How does somebody, you know, I have yet to meet many entrepreneurs who aren't idea driven. I think creativity is probably the biggest spark that creates most businesses. How does someone get an idea for an app? You know, there's apps all over the place. There's apps for everything. Of course, I have my whole front page of my phone is all boating apps and, <laughs> and I have a guitar tuner app and all these different things. But is it just oversaturated or what would you do if you're an entrepreneur? Is, is the app a way to stay connected with current customers? Is it a way to attract new ones? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all of the above really. Um, and it, it's, I think one thing that people uh, see that I see pretty frequently is people think that um, it, there's still this this myth of like when the app store first came out and people were there right on day one and they became millionaires instantly because um, it was a brand new marketplace. It was just perfect timing all around. And I think people think that uh, that the app store is this just mythical place that you put an app out there and you make millions of dollars right away. <clears throat> and that's just not the case uh, anymore. It's now it's just like any other marketplace. And I, I think, you know, you as, as somebody that talks to so many entrepreneurs and, and business owners, um, I think you can find so many areas in which you would say, oh, that's a saturated market. You're never going to make it. But having an entrepreneur that has an idea that's a little bit different than what you see out there, or you think of, you know, I see what's going on and I can do it a little bit better by doing it this way. Um, it's exactly the same principle that you would apply to the app store. There's, there's always going to be a way that you can implement us. You know, there's like 10 million weather apps out there it's the same data, right? Like the weather is going to be the weather here as it is going to be over there. But people think of different ways to present that data and make it more useful to the end user. Um, so really that's what it comes down to is if you have an idea and you have a way to make something much better than what's already out there, then you're, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're not going to be able to shut that voice off in your head. You're going to be driven to, to go and make it happen. So here's a question that might be a little difficult to answer because obviously there's so many variables, but somebody who's thinking I need an app might be thinking, oh, who the hell can afford a nap? And then somebody's going, oh, I bet I can get a nap done pretty cheap. What, you know, probably runs the gambit in between. 
just address that, you know, from a, from a cost standpoint or investment standpoint. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, I think anytime you talk to anybody that does uh, software, the, the, the answer is always going to be, it depends. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's like the worst hedging bet ever. But I would say, uh, you know, apps are, are certainly not uh, uh, cheap to build and, and there are cheap ways to do it, but you're, that's going to be reflected in the quality of the product that you put out at the end of the day. Um, as some, some base level. So if, if you were to come here to, to Minneapolis and you wanted, you know, let's say you have an app that's big enough that it's going to take you a year to build out and you actually go and try to hire the individual people to go and build out the app. Um, right now, the salaries for iOS and Android developers are roughly, you know, in Minneapolis, you're probably looking between 70 and 90 grand a year to, to pay mm. for somebody to do that. Um, for the backend developers like that do the Ruby on Rails or whatever it takes to power the, the backend infrastructure, they're well into the, the six figures for salary. And then you also are looking at designers and you're looking at project managers and there's, there's so much that goes into building a, a suite of app tools. So uh, if you're looking at building a really complex app, it'll get into that six figure range, you know, somewhere between 150 and $300,000 to get all the way up there. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, if you have an app, like for example, if you're trying to build one for your business and you have kind of a concept that you want to automate some processes, um, you, know, you can get started in that space. I would say between five and $10,000, you could get someone to build you uh, a decent app that has a couple of features that are going to save you time. And then as time goes on, you can continue to iterate and improve on that app and, and spend a little bit more money and get a little bit newer features inside of it. So it almost sounds like for, as you say, for five to 10,000 range, um, you can get something going, but it may be it more, is it more advantageous from a business operating standpoint? Like it's, as you say, it's going to make you more efficient and things like that. Or is it, is it like, um, I guess what I'm asking operational versus customer acquisition type things. So many entrepreneurs are always like more revenue, more revenue. I need more customers. Can it, can an app do something like that? Yeah, it depends on on your marketplace. I mean, that's that's exactly how Great Clips is approaching it. I mean, they're they're sinking money into their mobile app, and I know that they do a ton of business as a result of it through that app. So if if I would say you would need if you're gonna go that approach, you would want to think of the app as just another channel by which you would acquire users and then make sure you do kind of a cost and benefit analysis on it to make sure that the money that you're sinking into it, you know, if, if for every, uh, ideally, you know, you want to do the old thing where every dollar you put in, you get $2 out of it. Um, right. You just got to figure out how you make that economy work uh, within your own business. What, and I guess if you're going to develop an app, you've got to be both, you know, iOS and Android. You can't just pick one, right? I mean, that's kind of foolish. Well, I, not necessarily. I mean, that, that's what we call that the Instagram approach. Um, Instagram started as an iOS app and, and actually just as an iPhone app. I don't even think they have an iPad app to this day. Um, so really what we try to do um, a lot of times is we'll start with one platform. So whoever, it doesn't really matter. It really comes down to who, what your users are on. But if you're talking most US-based audiences, it's going to be 50-50. Either you have an Android or you have an iOS. Um, you just pick one and you put it out there and you perfect it and you, you get it down on one system. And then it's a lot easier once you have that one system in place, you can just bring it over to iOS and kind of, or the other system and copy it and and you know port it that way so we, we call that the instagram approach because that's exactly what instagram did was they started on ios and then not until about a week before facebook bought them um did they come out with an android app so that was you know three to four years that they didn't even have uh an android app so it's not a terrible strategy actually that's that's crazy i i know they don't have a um ipad but i know my wife 
follows uh, Instagram on her iPhone only. So I, I didn't realize that. If somebody does build an app, whether they hire you or, or they maybe they make their own or whatever, how hard is it to get into the app store? I mean, if you write a book on Amazon, boom, you create an account, you upload it, you're on Amazon. <laughs> you know, as far as the app store, is that like getting, is that like ranking a podcast? Is it really hard to do or? No, it, it well, no, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> that's not easy to do. Right. Um, the, uh, the, in terms of getting it on the app store, um, there's uh, some bureaucracy and some technical skill that you need to be able to, to upload your, they call it a binary, you know, like an executable file. Um, there, there's some skill involved with that, but whoever's developing your app will help you with that. Really what it takes to get on the app store for iOS is it's a $99 a year fee. Um, and then you, uh, on, on Google, on, on the Google play store, it's $25 one time. And once you pay those fees, when you submit your app to the app store, um, iOS, so Google has everything kind of automated. So if you, once you submit it to Google play, they look over your app kind of with some automated tools to make sure it's not viruses or whatever. And then it's just kind of up there. Um, Apple as Apple always is, um, prefers to be a little more hands-on and make sure that it's a little more uh, curated. So they actually have people review your app um, and they open it up and they, they test it out and make sure that it follows their rules of the road. Um, and so as we're developing the app, you know, since we've, we're, we're close to a hundred apps that we've put out into the world. Um, and so through that experience, we've been rejected for all kinds of, of weird reasons. Um, so that's kind of one thing that we help you with as we're building it out, as we say, we've run into this before, let's do it this way so we can make sure we get through app review. Um, but once you're on app, once you pass through app review, you're on the store and, and people can find you, however, um, just by searching through the app store. That's great. I love this conversation, Tim. What last question I have is what are some of the rookie mistakes people make when starting to um, think about building a mobile app for their business? You know, I think one of the biggest rookie mistakes people make, like we had kind of had talked about earlier is um, they go into it without really thinking through the business model. And I think one of the biggest common rookie mistakes that I see is uh, when somebody comes to me with an app idea and I say, how is it going to make money? They always say, well, ads, of course. Um, well, I think uh, anyone that's ever looked at what ad rates are lately, uh, it, it's horrible. <laughs> like the, the, amount, the amount of money you make by showing an ad in an app is sometimes it's fractions of a penny. Um, so in order to, to be able to make, you know, if you want to make a million dollars off the app store, you might need to get 10 million people to download your app. And that is certainly not an easy task, you know, to, to make a ton of money. So um, I would say that the, the biggest rookie mistake is thinking I'm just going to put an app in the app store and it's going to just, you know, by, by magic, it's going to make me millions of dollars. Um, it's just like starting an app is, is just like starting any other business. You have to come into it with a plan and a strategy and make sure that you think through all the, uh, the, the ways that your app can, can generate value for your user. Cause then in that way, uh, that'll help you to be able to generate money for your business. That's awesome. Man, I really enjoyed our conversation. I'd love to have you back sometime, Tim. I feel like the clock is dictating. <laughs> I'm happy to come back anytime. This was a lot of fun. That'd be great. Maybe someday I'll get you out of Minnesota and you can come. To, we'll do it live in the warmer climate. <laughs> I, would, I would love that. <laughs> um, how do people connect with you? And, and you know, what's your, what's your, what are your main social media platforms and website? Hey, you can, uh, you can find, you know, my, my company, the Jed Mahonis group at, at jedmahonisgroup.com. Um, you can find me on, I'm everywhere as uh, just Tim Bornhold on, on social media. And then, um, one thing, if, if you're interested in this space and kind of want to learn what the process is for, for app development, uh, I'm, on my podcast, Constant Variables, we're doing a series of, um, you know, how do you get an, a, an app idea from the idea all the way through being live on the app store? So if you're interested in more of a deep dive of how that works, check out my podcast, Constant Variables. We're right in the middle of uh, recording the, those, the, the, the 
episode series right now. So check it out and, and let me know what you think. Very cool. Hey, Tim, thanks a lot for being my guest this week. Really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having me. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Tim Bornholt. We learned all about apps. We learned who uh, Jed Mahonis is <laughs> and a few other things. Um, and now I can thank him for uh, my great clips appointments. But anyway, hey, check out Tim at the uh, uh, jedmahonisgroup.com. And as he said, he's all over social media. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Until this time next week, another great interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.